What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell, and I'm here in this beautiful studio all by myself. But you know I'm not going to do another show all by myself. I got Old Faithful here with me today. and Old Faithful? I'll take that. Old Faithful. Hell yeah. In the house. Who are you, man? Brian Cohen, Pico Knives. You know it, man. I'm telling you, you are my guy when Bubba can't be here. So uh, all day, every day. I'm gonna start Bubba's, this podcast. Bubba's gonna start hating me. Well, Bubba's I, gonna start hating me because, like, whenever he's gone, I I tend to pop up. Well, I mean, either one of two things are gonna happen: either Bubba's not gonna show up and you pop up every time, or Bubba will get his shit together and show up. But oh, poor Bubba. Yeah. So I'm gonna start this show off a little different. This is gonna be a different, weird kind of show. Just off the bat, I'll tell you. So last week on Thursday. Just like always, we recorded our episode. Bubba wasn't here for that one either. Um, I had my friend Brandon, who is a business expert, in here with us. Um, And then Mm -hmm. after that show, I called Bubba and Brian Cohn on the phone. We had a nice three-way conversation, and we went about an hour, hour and a half almost, um, total podcast time. Mm -hmm. Well, all of the And then tell us how it is you messed it up. Well, I had the, the the input muted the whole time. So, uh, yeah, when yeah. I went back to replay it, um, all you could hear was me. You guys weren't there. And it's kind of funny because between Brandon leaving and me getting you on the phone, Brian, there was some awkwardness because I was here by myself kind of mumbling a little bit. I was texting you, <laughs> so I wasn't paying attention, right? Um, so I, sure. I told myself this podcast is unedited always, but I said, let me go back in mm. there and take out my weirdness, you know? So I went in there just to take that little section out. And I happened to notice all these little long straight lines on the audio file. You know, it's got all the waves. There's all these long right, straight right. spots. So I'm like, what the hell is that? So I clicked on one and it was just nothing. And then it was me asking a question and then nothing. So, uh, this that episode almost aired because normally I don't ever listen to them. We record them. I come in here, upload it, put it out. Boom, we're done. Um, See with with the work for it podcast, we we haven't quite had that problem yet. Um, but we have had the problem where the audio files get slightly off each other. So like, yeah, I'm responding to a question that hasn't been asked yet, and somebody's asking questions, and there's silence, and then there's a bunch of people talking over each other. Luckily, well, the conversation was normal, but somehow the audio file just got, you know, jacked around a little bit. But, ah, shit, man. Things like this happen. It's, it's part of life. And that's what we do. We just hustle and grind and get through it. We come up with a solution. We find a way to make it better. So, And here we are working, hustling overtime, that, making it happen. Yep. So that there's, a, there's a podcast out every, you know, Tuesday. Exactly. So, I mean, hell, it's, well, it's 4 o'clock on a Monday afternoon. I have been sweating my booty off today. And this oh, no. was not my plans of where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do today. But here it is. It's what mm-hmm. we got to do. So what we're going to do, do, do is, Brian, me and you are going to record a normal podcast episode. And we'll go mm-hmm. for however long we want to go. And at the end of this episode, I was thinking about putting two episodes out tomorrow, just the short one of me and Brandon and then this one. But I'm going to go in and combine those two. So at the end of this one, once okay. me and you say goodbye, it's going to start all over. You're going to hear the intro music again, and then it'll just be that business-based little chat that I had with Brandon. 
And some of the things that me and Brian talk about might overlap some of the stuff that me and Brandon talked about. But sure. it'll still be a good show. We're just gonna So for all the people that are listening right now, go ahead and fast forward to about half hour to the end and you can actually hear what you want hit, want to hear instead of us rambling on. <laughs> well you might want to bounce back and forth. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I think it'll be a pretty good show. I mean, honestly, oh, if you're yeah. if you're a hobby guy and you have no kind of ambition of it, well, I don't want to say ambition, but no, uh, I guess that is, I don't know the right word. But if you don't have any plans on ever going full-time or making it a business, you just listen to us because we're goofy and you like to hear about making things, the business thing's probably not going to be real entertaining to you. Um, oh, no, I totally get that. I'm super excited to listen to it just because I'm right in that, you know, I'm right at that point where I'm jumping off the hobby level and trying to make it into a professional level. So I'm, I'm kind of wading through all of that, you know, business bullshit that you have to wade through. So it's a I'm bump, super excited for it. I've been full-time since I want to say May, right around okay. May. So was that May, June, July, August, about four months now. And, um, you know, everybody knows when I went full-time, I wasn't ready. It was not, you know, it, it wasn't my time. But I got pushed into the situation and figured yeah. I'd give it hell, you know. Just give it the best push that I can do. And that's what I've done. And it ain't cutting it. So I'm going back to work. And, um, hey, you know, that's just all there is to that's it. That's part of it. I mean, to be honest, you kind of were, you were pushed off before you were ready and, you know, with the the economy kind of being a little bit lower than normal, and there's so many different things that it's not necessarily that you're not a great knife maker and not ready. It's just there are so many different factors that just didn't quite line up. Right, exactly. I honestly feel like here in a year or two when the economy is booming and, you know, things are really hustling, and, you know, at that point, you know, it, I think you'll be more than – ready maybe hell it might be a couple months from now you'll be ready to go full-time well i've got a new business adventure coming up and um yeah dude you're telling me about that off air i'm super excited about that yeah so what i'm going to be doing even if the knife game jumps up you know a hundredfold six months from now i i'm kind of as of now my plans my thoughts my my journey that i'm fixing to take off on i won't be able to go full-time i'll have other things going so uh, what I'm going to do is open a paint and body shop. And it's, yeah, dude. it's something I've wanted to do forever. And now I'm kind of in the spot. I've got the skills, you know, to do it. But, I, you know, I, I don't have the money to open a, a shop like that. I mean, there's so much overhead with the paint booth and all the equipment you got to have. But luckily. But what it sounds like is you found yourself a sugar daddy. Uh, in, a, in a sense, I guess I did. Um, so, uh, my buddy, Brandon, the one we'll talk to later, he is actually in the car car business. He owns a car lot. And, um, you know, I'm sure some of you've seen it on my stories. I, I go to the auctions and buy cars with his money and, uh, we got to talking and a lot of those cars out there, they might be perfect running cars, but they need a paint job. You know, they just sat in the sun, faded, clear coats coming off, whatever. I can fix that. So he just happens to have an extra warehouse or extra space in a warehouse that he owns about 30 minutes from here. And uh, we're going to set up a paint booth. It's not going to be like show cars. You know what I mean? I'm not putting stuff on Barrett Jackson or sending them off to SEMA. 
we're, we're going to do good. You're, you're not going to be pimping my rides, but you're going to be, you know, kind of doing almost the same thing. Well, we're going to do kind of, you know, good quality economy paint jobs. Um, just yeah. to make a car look good and put it on his lot so he can sell it off and make some money. And I make some money in the process. But mm-hmm. vehicles has just been something that I've, that's like my, my passion, no matter what, you know, I'm, I'm not a race car driver. I don't have a race car. I have had one before, but, um, if I'm not home on the weekend, usually we're at the drag strip and I've always just wanted to flip cars. Like a lot of people flip real estate. I've always wanted to flip cars and mm-hmm. it looks like that's going to be something I'll have the opportunity to do here soon. So I'm super there you excited go. about that. And it's something that you love doing. So honestly, you're starting to, well, I don't know if this is technically, well, you are starting a small business doing that, but I'll take that back. You're, you're starting a new business here yeah, and like you're going out on the ledge. It's not like it's a nine to five job. It's, it's still, you know, it's still your own thing. So it's, that's fun. That's awesome. And you know, you're doing something that you're passionate about. So screw it. Yeah. It's going to be a work your ass off all day, every day till it's done type job. Um, Mm -hmm. but, and it's hard work. There's a lot to it. But it's going to be fun yeah, work because it's one of the, it's to me, I kind of, in my head, I can compare it to making a knife, even though it's so different. So I start out with right. a turd, you know, just an ugly faded rust bucket, whatever. Just like I'd start out with a blank bar of steel. Now I've got to prep that turd. You know, I got to sand it, grind it, body filler, whatever. I got to get that turd ready. Just like you would grind a knife, mm-hmm. you know, and then you got to do all your basic steps. You got to put your bevels in. And with paint, you know, you got to lay a good primer, a good base coat. It's just, I could go through that all day. And then at the very end, when you buff that handle, right, you buff the handle oh, yeah. and you set it down and you're like, damn, I built that. That that satisfaction <laughs> Dude, that you get. Literally, today, I just finished up. I, I finished up half of my current batch of knives. And I don't know if you do this, but every time I finish a knife, I look at it and go, holy shit. That's the prettiest thing I've ever made. And, oh, my God, is this, like, the prettiest thing I'll ever make? Is this, like, the, the pinnacle? Oh, yeah. yeah Do you ever sure. have that thought? Definitely. I feel like if you're not then, having course, that thought pretty the often. Night you finish, of course, the next night you finish, it's like, oh, shit, this is the prettiest thing I've ever had. You would think after a while you would realize you're getting better and better each time. Right. And but, that, that's what I was going to say. If you're not having that feeling pretty often, I feel like you're probably not trying hard enough. <laughs> but um, realized you plateaued a while ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just I'm super excited about it, and I'm I'm not gonna be posting any pictures of cars that I paint on Instagram because I still want to grow my knife business, um, mm-hmm. and I will not be stopping the knife business. I'll just be making less knives as I have the time available. But I'm not gonna try to gain kn- knife fans. By using cars, you know, what I'm, I'm not going to cross promote that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think you should start a new channel with it or a new, um, yeah, a new, uh, Instagram channel. I will. Or Instagram page. I definitely will. And again, I'm not going to be asking my knife buddies to go follow this page because, you know, in real life, some of my best friends are knife makers. No matter how cheap I can spray their truck, they're not going to bring it from West Virginia to, you know, middle Georgia. <laughs> It's just, I was just about to say, I'm about to bring my van all the way down from Michigan to have you do it. Well, I mean, if you somebody make, will bring it from wherever. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll throw a party when you get here. 
Either way. Hell yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll ask for you, all of the people that are listening, when he has it set up, go ahead and go and follow. I wish I wish we would have set this up ahead of time. This would be the perfect plug for your new uh, page. But Yeah, we don't even have the official name figured out yet. But, um, oh, geez. Yeah, we're all still right. working so it's on just, it. just uh, opening stages. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very new. Well, actually, we're going to get to probably buying the equipment this week. Um, and then we've got, obviously, the paint booth. There's a lot of setup just to get that ready, you know, the booth itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, it's it's not just get a spray gun and a gallon of paint, and now you're painting cars. And we're waiting on masking yeah. trees and the masking paper and all the finishing supplies. Uh, Greg over at Phoenix Abrasives is hooking me up with a killer deal on all the abrasives that I'm going to need, um, you know, because obviously they do more than just knife stuff over there. So, you know, Mm-hmm. That that's gonna take care of us real good, and uh, even thinking about go. getting a second broadbeck to put down there in the shop, just in case I end up bored watching hey. paint dry. You know, I can wait a second. Broadbeck, I know that name, right? I was grinding on that all day today. Well, as soon as I get back to my shop today, I'm gonna be grinding. Um, I I made a knife. It's like a hunting style knife. I'm kind of. I mean, I'm I'm happy with it so far. I feel like it's a little unproportionate, like blade to handle. Um, but, you know, we're all our own worst critics, right? But I'm going to try a hollow grind on this blade. I've never done a full hollow grind on anything. You know, I've, I've done some practice pieces and things like that, but uh, never finished one out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that, and I'm a little nervous about it. Hang on, Brian. I'm sorry, man. I'm. Oh shit. Hello. Hey, I'm so sorry about that. My phone dropped the call. Well, ain't that a some bitch? Now I got to edit that. I was just talking to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right. Oh shit! Don't edit it. This is this is live, man. Let's go. Yeah, screw it. We're not gonna edit that. So uh, I don't even know <laughs> where you left off at, but uh, you're talking about your broadback. You're you're getting back in the shop, and you're going to be grinding down on that, and you're going to get a new broadback for your uh, body shop. Okay, so yeah, what I'm planning on doing today is practicing a hollow grind, and um, okay, I've never done one before. I did a small little kiradashi uh, with like what a inch and a half long blade, and with that broadback, mm-hmm. you know, good as I do, there's not a lot of sweeping back and forth on something that short. You pretty much touch it in your bevel set, you know what I mean? On something that small. Yep. So uh I got this hunting knife I'm gonna try it on and just see what happens. Um Yeah man, I've never really done a hollow grind. I actually don't have a large contact wheel there. So Oh you don't? Uh that is that is definitely something I'm gonna have to pick up pretty soon because a hollow ground is definitely something I wanna, you know, have in my repertoire. I I could have swore I'd seen you have one in one of your pictures. I guess not. Nope. So okay, not the, a one. The a small wheel attachment. I'm sorry. The the large wheel attachment for the broadback. The wheel itself, obviously, it's on its own tool arm, so it makes changing them out mm-hmm. super easy. But the wheel itself is adjustable height wise. So, right. I know. I thought so. That. You can put your work rest in there and adjust the height of that wheel. If you're using a jig, you know, for example, I don't know. The Maker bevel jig, the yeah, one that I use. That's exactly what I was trying to think of. I couldn't think of the name of it. I don't have any jigs, but I know you use that one. Um, you can set your knife up on the jig and adjust that con- contact wheel up and down to where it's dead on every time. 
But yeah, one thing that I was looking at is getting one of those to basically set up in my jig to put in um, S grind on chef knives. Yep. So that you can set it up, you know, you can set it in the jig at the perfect angle, and then you set that that uh, large wheel attachment at the at the certain height. I mean, that sounds like a pretty easy way to put in an S grind and not mess it up every time. It kind of sounds foolproof, don't it? <laughs> Especially with a <laughs> jig. Sounds- it sounds dummy proof, but I've proven to be a dummy over and over and over again. So, oh, haven't we all? <laughs> you know who does a really awesome S grind, and who's that? I mean, there's a lot of people that do an S grind, awesome. But uh, Kyle Daly at KH Daily Knives. Oh yeah, he leaves the hollow line kind of on the what I guess will be the Ricasso area um, instead mm-hmm. of blending it back. You know where it all looks smooth. He almost leaves it to where it looks like a like a bevel line, and uh, really, yeah, dude, it looks awesome because it's you can't see it on the top and bottom of the blade, like the spine in the in the belly towards the heel. You can only see it right mm-hmm. there in the middle, but it's like okay. you can see the hollow down the length of the blade, and then the S obviously blends in. But it, he's mm-hmm. got a real cool way of doing that. Yeah. Now I'm not quite sure who it is. I wish I would have thought of it ahead of time so I could look it up. So I could shout them out, but there's somebody that I've seen basically put a fuller right in the center of the chef knife. Not necessarily wide enough to call it an, an S grind. I imagine it would function about the same, but it basically looks like a fuller right there, right close enough to the edge that it, it functions like an S grind, but it still, you know, has a very harsh end and very, you know, squared off end to that fuller up towards the tip. Right. I always thought that that looked badass. I'm, I'm trying because to... honestly, by the time you get down to the tip of the knife, do you really need an S grind to grind all the way up to, to the tip? Or I mean, you kind of want your tip to be stocky in case you drop it, so it's less likely to chip. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's got to have a, a little bit of beef to it, you know. But at the same time, a chef's knife is so dang thin either way. Right. But... So any little bit would help, I imagine. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to picture that in my head. I'm, have I'll, you ever, I'll send you a picture okay. once, once we get done. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Okay. Now, have you ever done any fullers? Yeah, I've done a couple. Actually, the second chef knife I ever did, I put in a little, basically tried to replicate what I saw this other guy do. And I, <laughs> I ended up sending it down to my brother down natural, who's a professional chef down there. And he said that, you know, the fuller or the, the fuller S grind as small as I did. And basically I did it so poorly that it didn't make a difference and it just made a little bit of more of a pain in the ass to clean. So I know that if I did it correctly, it would be good and, you know, actually functional, but I've only done the one on that one and it, it turned out pretty nicely, but there was a lot of finicky. I d- actually did it with my small wheel attachment, so it was like a really thin, really small fuller. Right. So, no, yeah. Well, I we, mean, I've done one, but it was kind <laughs> of pain in the ass. Yeah, I did one also. Um, I did it with the two inch contact wheel on the top of the platen. You know, I just kind of angled the platen down towards me to where that, Ooh, that, that's wheel smart. Was, that wheel was just sticking out at me. And it looked good mm-hmm. on one side. But then when you turn it over to the other side, that side looked good too, but they didn't look nothing like each other. 
You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. <laughs> they, were, they were in the wrong spots on the knife, and, like, one was higher than the other. One went too far forward. One went further backwards. And there was See, definitely I, some issues with that. But, you know, it was my first time ever. I was practicing, and gotta, you got to screw some mine, stuff up I get said, good. Sorry. Uh, when I did mine, when I, I basically set it up on the bevel jig and set up the small wheel attachment so it was at the right height. And then I made lines ahead of time to have a definite stop point on both. But without those lines, if you're just eyeballing it, I w- you would have to be either a master bladesmith or, you know, you're just not going to get those lines perfect. Yeah, you're probably right. But, I mean, I don't do any jigs whatsoever. I mean, everything I do is 100% freehand. Um, right. And I don't even – what's that uh, thing that – I can't remember what it's called – the thing that clamps over the blade that you you would use to set your bevels so they're the same on both sides. I know you've got one, I think. Um, um file guide. Yes, yes, sir. A file guide. I don't know why, but my my uh, my mind went blank just for a second too. <laughs> I did too. It, like that word just didn't exist for a minute. But um, <laughs> I don't even have one of those, dude. When I'm setting my bevels, if I want like to keep a bevel line, a lot of times I'll I'll wash that out anyway. I'll try to blend it. But uh, mm-hmm. if I'm wanting to keep that, dude, I go full-blown caveman. I take a piece of electrical yeah. tape and wrap it around the blade to where it's the same on both sides, and that's where my that's my guide because I can, I that can see it the same from the front. You know what I mean? I don't have to look at the back side of the blade. I see that line on the front. And once it's set, you know, you bump against it, you know where you're at. So Right. And I go the same way. I go freehand when, on all of my forged knives. Just because, you know, if you were to set that up in a jig and kept, I mean, with the with the forged texture all along the way, you know, it, it kind of takes that little bit of freehand finesse just to keep it, you know, looking good. I mean, obviously, you're going to get a relative the same uh, angle all the way down. But, yeah, I, I go both ways. But I, I feel that, you know, if you're doing a run of knives, it just a uh, file guide makes a little bit more of a repeatable bevel and a lot, a little bit more accurate and just quite a bit faster. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you. And I've actually thought about making them before because, I mean, it can't be that hard. Get you a couple pieces of mild steel. Well, I guess the ones they use are carbide, though, right? That way you can't just grind into it. Right. But, I mean, just drill holes in both pieces to line up, tap one side of it, and get you some little wing nuts. That's how easy Dude, it is I- in my head. But... Again. I know I brought it up already <laughs> once, but Brian and I, Brian House and I both agree that TR Maker, it's it's worth just buying it because the the amount of time you spend fiddling around and trying to make your own, and you know, you might as well have just bought it from him at that point, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Some things are expensive, though, aren't they? Just, I mean, for what it is, ain't they? They're over a hundred dollars, right? Oh shit! I, yeah, it's about one hundred and twenty-five or so for the bevel jig, and I'm not quite sure how much the file guide is. But I can't imagine it's that much more. But honestly, you use it all the time. It's worth it for sure. Yeah, maybe one day. So guess what? I got some stuff done in my shop, dude. It was actually in last week's episode during the little part that I edited out where it was just me by by myself. So I'll bring a couple of those things up because I'm pretty excited about them. And um, it'll sound cooler me telling you than me just talking to myself because – Nobody wants to hear that. Well, tell us tell us all about it. So a couple things I've been wanting to do in my shop have actually gotten done. The forge is gone. 
It is out of the <laughs> shop. Finally. That has been like a long standing project that needed to get done and just didn't because there were other things that had to be done first. But I finally built an adjustable rotating articulating stand to go outside of my shop to put the forge on. So nice. it's still it's still weather out there. You know what I mean? Like if it's raining, that is in the rain. So mm. the forge itself, I got to move back and forth. Um, but I got the tank strapped to the bottom of the stand so that the propane tank will stay there. And then I just got to sit the forge up there and, you know, go to town. So I'm super so happy So you're planning on making some sort of like a lean-to or something so that it's not in the rain all the time? Well, no, or like, so you don't have to move it back and forth? Yeah, eventually, yes. Um, but that's going to be down the road a little ways. The next kind of shop development thing that I want to do is actually build a new shop. But that's going to be probably <laughs> two or three years from now. What I, what I want to do now, my shop that I have is 10 by 16. And I mean, it, it's a very small shop. So Dude, uh, mine's eight by 14. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's enough if you think about it, but everybody wants more space, right? Of course. So I'm going to, uh, I got a tree that I got to have taken down first. It's a giant hickory tree. that's only like a foot away from the side of my shop. So I got to get that tree out and I want to pour a slab and get a, uh, a 15 by 15 by 25 slab poured and get a metal metal building put right there because that's cheap you know i mean that's the way to go it's way cheaper than wood right now but uh, here's my question for you how cold does it get down there in the winters it gets cold um not like you're cold but there are some days that they're few and far between but we might have highs in the the low 30s um Every now and then it'll touch the teens at night, you know, 18, 19. That's pretty rare, but, um, okay. You know, it gets cold for us. It's cold, it's cold enough where it could freeze, but honestly, you know, you pop the forge inside real quick and turn it on for a couple minutes and you're up to where you need to be. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. And I mean, with that shop, that, that area will be climate controlled heating and air. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go like full blown, you know, AC system, but I will get like a, a, either a mini split or one of those hotel type things that has the heat in it too. Uh, But the the goal is to take my current shop and that be my grinding room. And the whole whole new shop will just be clean work, you know, cleaner than grinding. Right. That's (laughs) the long term goal. But right. That, so I mean, you're still going to spend about 80% of your time in your current shop. Right. You're just going to have to go next door for doing all the rest of your work. Right. And it, well, that's what I was getting at. Eventually the forge will be in the big shop towards the door. You know, I have mm-hmm. a, a roll up door in there and, uh, a shop that size, it's not going to overheat the entire shop just being right in there. So I'll have a forge in there and probably get another anvil or two try to get better at forging because I'm still not no forging expert. I love doing it. It's so much fun, but I just, I don't have the time to, I don't want to call it waste, but I'm not productive when I'm forging. You know what I mean? No, I totally get that. And, uh, yeah, you're just going to have to sell, you know, quote unquote or air quote, rustic knives to get forged 
until you get better. And then it's like, oh, you know, there's semi-professional sports knives. And then, you know, as you get better and better, you can start upping your prices. Right. Yeah. I've never, well, I'll take that back. I sold one forged knife. Mm-hmm. Now, I've sold a lot of knives that I have forged that I've made the billets for, you know, either very low layer Damascus or sand mice. I've sold a bunch mm-hmm. of those because I like doing that. That's just setting forge welds. You know, I go full-blown right. caveman, set the welds, and then <laughs> just kind of polish it all out. And then I stock removal from that billet. But uh, mm-hmm. one full forge knife that I sold was to my dad. And uh, that's just Whoa. kind of a, a superstitious thing that we got around here. I don't know if it's the whole world, but you never give someone something sharp because it can cut your friendship. So I think he really? gave, he gave me a dollar for it. So uh, <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say I've never heard that one before. Oh, dude, it might be a southern thing. We're big about that down here. I mean, okay, yeah, anything sharp can cut your friendship, so you got to pay for it. Okay, and it don't. It can be a penny, but you have to. Right. You have to exchange funds. Doesn't matter how okay. much. <laughs> but I, I mean, I figure better safe than sorry, right? I like my dad. Like sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got all, we got a bunch of those stupid things around here. <laughs> yeah, it, that's just kind of the hokey thing about. I mean, everywhere you go, there's always going to be something else. Oh well, you can't do this, or you have to do that. It's just part of the fun. Yeah, dude, I was in a room last week, and uh, in this building I was working in. And I propped the ladder up against the wall over a doorway so I could do some stuff up mm-hmm. on the ceiling. Oh, jeez! I never thought nothing about it. And I went into this room through the doorway, and I turned around to come back out, and I just paused, like dead in my tracks. <laughs> I looked and said, son of a bitch. There's no way for me not to walk under this ladder. Like, right. <laughs> I don't know why that got me. I was pissed for a minute. Well, shit, man, because he walked through that door under that you know ladder, this whole new body, our uh, vehicle body shop is going to completely fail. That's that's just destiny now. I hope not, dude, because that's where it was. It was in that <laughs> building. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> you're just there trying to you're just trying to jinx it all from the start, huh? I hope not, man. I really want this to work. My wife was bitching about her job last night. She loves her job, but mm-hmm. um, she's she's got a a couple of people that she doesn't have to deal with very often in management spots, you know, above her. And, uh, when she does have to deal with those people, she comes home in a, a little bit of a foul mood from that day. Yeah. And, um, I was talking to her last night. I said, look, babe, one of these days I'm going to need somebody in the office. You know, somebody's got to schedule these appointments, order my materials. You know, you can run the front end. And she looked, hey, at, there me, you go. She looked at me and kind of, Gave it a quick little thought and was like, hmm, maybe you're right. And the very next thing she said is, you're going to have to get some kind of air conditioning in there and get me some kind of clean spot. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's only seen it. You know, we've been down there working for a few weeks now, getting stuff ready. But she's only seen it when it was just an empty steel warehouse. You know, dirt all over the right. floors, hot as hell. But, uh, you know, we've got office spaces built now. We've got air conditioning going in at some point this week. Um, the whole space won't be air conditioned, but little office slash workstation areas back in the back will be. So, um, shit, man, this really sounds like it's coming together quick. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it is, man. It's a little bit, 
you know, like I said, I've, I've always wanted to do something like this, but kind of always thought like, yeah, and that's a pipe dream. You know, you can't do that. Only like <laughs> other people can do that. Never had a reason, never doubted myself, just never sure. found it to be realistic. But, uh, you know, like I said, with my buddy Brandon, I guess he's going to be like a business partner. I mean, obviously he's the one putting up the cash and he's got the spot. You know, he's, he's buying all the equipment. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it's for real, man. It's I'm still pinching myself a little bit because um, hard to believe, but it's it's going down. It's amazing what all you can do as long as you're willing to work for it. <laughs> all right, Brian, look at here. Shit, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, as long as you're willing to hustle and grind. There my you bad, go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I knew that you was know, coming I had to at, some in at some point. Yep, I told yeah, Bubba I that had. today. I said he's all about working for it. Bubba said, <laughs> he said, yeah, but he needs to work for it and work for it. Over here, we hustle and grind. Right, right. But, yeah, Bubba's, uh, I don't know if he's got his results back yet, but he's getting Rona tested right about now. That's scary, man. Yeah, he sounded like hammered hell when he called me earlier. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bubba's, uh, I'm sure most of y'all listening have seen a picture of Bubba at some point in time. <laughs> Bubba is a, uh, he's a big old boy. Caveman? He, he is a big old boy um he doesn't really get sick often you know what i mean mm-hmm. and to hear him the way he sounded this morning it was a little bit weird and then he called me back yeah. you know later on in the day about three o'clock i guess and he really sounded rough so it's it's a little bit i mean i ain't gonna say scary because i'm not scared of it you know i'm just i don't even get a cold or the flu or nothing i'm just i'm lucky i have a real good immune system and if it does happen to get me, I feel like I'm in good enough shape. I'll be just fine. But to see somebody like Bubba, you know, kind of smacked on his ass like that, it's it's weird. Make you think a little bit. Yeah, and it, it hits everybody different. When it when it got me and back in October, you know, it felt like a flu. I mean, I, I was pretty well laid out for a little bit. But, you know, it, it, it was only like a couple days where it was really bad, and then it started easing up. And then, of course, there's always all those little side effects that are just kind of annoying, like, you know, not being to smell or taste anything. But, you know, that's that's just fine. Right. But uh, then when I got my vaccine, it was, you know, one day I felt like shit about as bad as the last one was. Maybe not quite as bad. I wasn't sore those days. But um, literally 24 hours after I got my vaccine, I was up and going and totally fine. All right. So check this out. Tell me what you think about this. So... I, you know, I, I just said I never get cold, never get the flu, none of that stuff. So I did sure. get bad sick one time, and this was in December of 2019, about okay. two weeks before Christmas, because it was mm-hmm. it was right at my birthday. My birthday is December 11th, so it's like two weeks to the calendar date from my birthday. Um, so I went to the doctor, which I never, ever, ever do. I just I felt like shit, you know, just feeling rough. And they uh, checked my normal stuff, you know, temperature, all that. I believe my temperature was good. But they told me I had uh, bronchitis, which I've never had before. And they put mm-hmm. me on this, they put a mask on me, this breathing treatment thing, because my oxygen was at like 94. And I was like, yeah. well, that's still an A. You know what I mean? That's pretty good, right? What's it supposed to be? And she's like, sure. she said, 100. I said, oh, shit. Okay, so I'm a little bit off. Well, they gave me some antibiotics and stuff. I took those and started feeling pretty good again, but it took the whole time. I think it was like 
five days worth. And so mm-hmm. as soon as I finished them, I started feeling a little better. Within two days, I felt worse than the first day I went to the doctor. So I went okay. back. And then they did chest x-rays. They told me I had double lung pneumonia. And R- my weird. oxygen was still crazy low. I mean, it was down to like 90, 91 or 92. It was low. Mm-hmm. Enough, and I, I hear numbers like that. I'm not a medical guy, but I'm like, okay, well, you know, from zero to 100, I'm at the top end. I can't be that bad. Right. But apparently anything less than 100, something's wrong. And it was at the point where they were almost wanting to admit me in the hospital if that treatment they gave me oh, didn't wow. bring it up. And I'm almost thinking that that might have been the coronavirus before it was, you know, popular and named. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it very well could have been like the first strain of it. I mean, I guess kind of doing a little bit of uh, watching and, you know, at least hearing from the people who, you know, supposedly know all about it, you know, as the strains are going, they're getting worse and more contagious. Right. So maybe you might have gotten one of like the very earliest ones where it was just kind of like, you know, super mild, didn't really do too much. Well, I mean, so maybe, hey, screw it. Maybe you lucked out. Maybe you got, maybe you got the mild version and now you've got the antibodies. Well, I mean, it kicked my ass as much as, you know, I still went to work every day, but I felt like crap. I mean, just terrible. Yeah. And, you know, back then they were saying it's all respiratory. I never right. lost my smell or my taste. If I did, it was for, a meal and I don't remember, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't extreme or bad or drastic. Well, so, (laughs) so my, my mom and my dad both got it. And then, um, the way I got it is I went and had like dinner with my dad and it just so happened, you know, he didn't know at the time, a couple days later, he got a test because he works in, you know, the medical field. He's a medical supplier. And uh, he got a test and came back positive told us. And then I went and got a test and got positive. Of course, Emily got sick and her family got sick. But only like, I think about half of us didn't lose our sense of smell, but we all had it. Hmm. So it's all kind of weird. It's, it's different for each person. It's, I don't know, man. Shit, man. <laughs> what, what is this? A medical podcast? We got to go back to, you know, hustle and grind. Let's hustle. All right. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do my, my motivational quote of the week. Hell yeah, let's go. All right, this is going to be the same one since it got lost. I'm going to redo it because I love it. Um, Might as well. Yeah. So uh, Wait, hold on. I'll, I'll pretend like I didn't hear it. Go ahead. All right, let's do it. Hang on, I'm looking for the picture because, you know, I forgot it, left it at the house, had to call my wife and say, hey, babe, uh, go to the shop, grab that piece of paper, take a picture of it, send it to me. And um, so now I have to find that. But it shouldn't take me but a second here. And here it is. So... This is the quote for the week, and this is from one of my, a person I listen to a lot, like probably too much if there's a such thing. It's from Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yeah. There's no, Gary V's the best, man. There's no middle ground. Either you love this dude or you cannot stand the sound of his voice. I mean, it's as simple as that. There's no middle. So, okay, you have to pretend you never heard this, Brian. Starts off and says, "Wait, Gary V. Who? I, I've never heard of Gary V. What? <laughs> there we go. Now we're getting it. Okay. So, deploy the level of gratitude behind the math of four hundred trillion to one. That is the odds of being a fucking human being. There's nothing you'll ever accomplish that's more remarkable than the fact that you have a chance to accomplish something. I heard that man. Oh yeah. I was like, damn, like." nobody's got no business bitching about a bad day. 
not a damn thing. If you, I mean, you could have been born a damn fruit fly. Exactly. And all you do is you wake, you, you, you're born, you have a couple meals, and that's your entire life. I mean, you get to be in a human being here in America where, I mean, I guess there's people out there, you know, hustling, grinding all around the world. But, you know, especially for us lucky enough to be Americans where you can work your ass off, start your own business and just, you know, succeed to the to the, as far as you're willing to work. I mean, that's that's awesome. Exactly. I mean, and Hell even yeah. though you are a human, you're you for a reason. It's not an accident. So that yes, sir. for you to be. Brian Cohn, I'm Jason Hartwell, right? We are, Mm -hmm. we have our names, but for us to look the way we look, to be as tall as we are, you know, to have the hair color we have, it could have been a million other combinations. Oh yeah. We are who we are because at one particular moment in time, our parents laid down, banged one out and (laughs) we won that race to the finish line. We were the fastest little swimmer, you know, we got there and that's why we are who we are. We could be different people. Now, I'm, I love who I am. I love me. And I always think, like, it could be worse or it could be better. You know, I don't have a ton of money, but I'm not broke. I've got a house. I've got a roof. I've, my freezer's full. There's gas in my truck. I could be homeless. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I could be addicted to drugs. I could be a millionaire, but I don't want to be a millionaire. You know, I'm pretty cool nah. with exactly who Jason Hartwell is. So, hell yeah! As far as that gratitude, and goes, all you, I'm pretty all happy you people with that. out there, all you people out there, need to take that same mindset and just roll with the with the cards that you were dealt, and just try to do something every every single day. You should do something to better your life, and try to do something to better somebody else's. If yep. you keep doing that, I mean, it's all going uphill. Yep. Everything's everything's getting better every day if you do that every day. Yep, all it takes is hard work, and you have to eliminate the mindset that a work day is eight hours long, five days a week. Mm-mm. If you're doing what we're doing, there's no such thing as a 40 hour work week. I mean, <laughs> if it started on Monday, I had 40 hours by Wednesday afternoon. I mean, yeah, probably no bullshit. I mean, I've been working from, cause I'm trying to, to do my thing at the new shop, the paint shop, but I'm still trying right. to keep up in the knife shop. Not because, mm-hmm. I mean, like I've said before, right now, I don't have any orders. I got nothing. I got no knives that are paid for. I got, you know, the business is just stale right this second. But I'm doing it because I love it, and I want to make it something one day. And I'm going till at least, at least 9 or 10 o'clock every night. I stop for an hour mm-hmm. or so, eat, eat dinner with my wife, and, you know, talk to her for a little bit. But I don't want to slow down. I can sleep when I'm dead. Right. Work and hard now so I don't exactly, have to later. Yes, sir. So that is exactly why it is you're going to be really successful here in a couple of years. Because right now you have no knife orders. You have nothing, you know, prepaid. Every single knife that you make is coming out of your pocket yep. and could potentially sit on a shelf forever. Good chance of it. And you're still making knives. Because I love you it. Love it. So much that you're paying to make these knives, not only with your money, but with your hard work, with your hustle, with your grind, and you're still making knives. I mean, shit, if you keep that up for, I mean, if any length of time, people are going to start jiving with you. People are going to want to start, you know, spending money on a Jason Hartwell knife 
and you're going to go a hell of a long ways. I, I guarantee it. That's what I'm hoping for. But, I mean, I don't want to become rich or famous off making knives. My goal is to be able to earn a comfortable living to where, you know, remember that house that I told you I have that's got a roof on it mm-hmm. and a full freezer? Sure. I just want knives more to do keep you need? it that way. That, that, I mean, yeah. that's the long-term goal, for knives to maintain what I have now. I'm comfortable with my life. I've got a small house. You know what I mean? It's 1,200 square feet, little bitty house. I got a, what, 15-year-old truck. It runs. I'm cool with that, you know? I don't need to be rich. Here's what matters. Here's what matters. Are you happy? Hell yeah. Is your wife happy? It's damn well better be. She tells me she is. <laughs> the answer is hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you're good. What more do you need? Oh, I don't need shit. I need to paint some cars yeah, so man. that I can, you know, grow that business to give myself time at another business. I mean, really, when you boil the whole picture down as to what we do, no matter if you make knives, paint cars, do leather, cutting boards, wood, steel, whatever, the one thing that we all have in common is there's just not enough hours in the freaking day. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we're all working so hard because we want to do these things, and we're going to get them done. But it's just like, good Lord, you're doing one thing to make time for to have time for another thing. And mm-hmm. I kind of like it that way. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I don't I mean, think it's it, like it, long-term sustainable because, like I said, I'm working at least 12, 14 hours a day, and I, I'm okay with that. My body's keeping up. But if I was to try to do that for 10 years straight, you know, I'll be hell, almost 50 years old by then. I don't think I'd be holding up as well if I did it for that kind of time. So, hell, work hard now while sure. I can. Right, exactly. And then, actually, uh, your co-host has said one of the one of my most favorite things that I've ever heard when he defined what success means. Do you know where I'm going? Have you heard it before? I know you've heard it, but. Oh, yeah, but go ahead. Does it ring a bell? I'm going to get this as close as I can because it's been a while since I've heard it. But when I did hear it, it stuck in my mind. Success is being able to do whatever you want to do at any point in time on any given day. Mm-hmm. I think I got that pretty close. Brian House gets credit for that. But uh, pretty mm-hmm. much what he's saying is successful doesn't mean you have X amount of dollars in the bank or you drive this car or your house has this many bedrooms. It means that if you feel like not doing shit on a Wednesday and going fishing, you can do that and your business will be just fine. Your, your life will be just fine. You know, being able to use your time when and where and how you want it is the definition of success, the way he sees it. And I like that a lot. Mm-hmm, for sure. But then the, the problem with that is the, the people who are crazy like we are, the thing that we want to do is work. <laughs> so you're in there, you know, 60, 70 hours anyway. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like, damn it, I don't want to go fishing. I want to work. <laughs> right. I don't See, a really good, um, a, a perfect example of that was, you know, of course, we just moved into this new apartment. We've got all of our stuff here, and there's still piles of shit all over the place, but we're slowly organizing. Well, this weekend, Emily's family has or Emily's family has friends who has a spot on the lake about thirty miles from here, right. and they invited all of us to go and basically spend the weekend and you know drink beer, go on the on the uh, you know pontoon boat, kayaks, all that type of shit. 
But, you know, I was, I was kind of thinking, and I never, I never even saying anything to Emily. Hopefully, you know, she's not listening. So she doesn't think otherwise, but you know, I was thinking like, shit, this is the first weekend in our apartment. This is a great opportunity to get this stuff all organized. So throughout the week, you know, I can spend extra time over in the shop and get work done. And I was the entire time I was just thinking, Hey, you know, drinking beer and kayaking is fun, but I could be, you know, working at the apartment so I can work later on. Yeah. So <laughs> this yeah, uh, little vacation exactly wasn't really relaxing. <laughs> so my little boy's birthday party was weekend before last. He turned 10. So, you know, that that's a big deal, right? Yes, sir. There was enough people at my house to where, you know, everybody's eating cake and, you know, I was in there for the presents and, you know, I don't know how it is up North, but I'm assuming it's probably the same everywhere. Yeah. The whole family gets together and Mm -hmm. we all spend a bunch of time together. Well, once the food is eaten, all the men tend to end up in the yard and Mm -hmm. all the women hang out in the house. And, you know, that's just a natural split. Nobody calls it like, okay, men get outside. It's just the way it happens. So, you know, all the boys was outside in the yard and we was walking around and what we do down here is dumb stuff. We'll, we'll make a loop around my yard. My house is kind of the one where everybody goes and it'd be me and my dad and my, my papa, my uncle, a lot of the times. And then my two boys, we'll make a loop around. We'll stop at my tractor. My papa will kick the tires a few times and tell me which one I need air in. And my dad will go over to my garden and, you know, tell me what kind of fertilizer I need because my bell peppers ain't growing quite right. But I was able to sneak away from that little conversation, and I went into my shop and started grinding knives with a house lamp full of people. <laughs> I mean, it just—I didn't even mean to. You know what I mean? Right. It's I, just kind of like a compulsive thing. Yeah, I, you, just, you, I caught myself. You're in getting there. close to your shop. You got to go to work. <laughs> yeah, I walked right in the door and started grinding. And right before I knew it, I was like, "Okay, this conversation is kind of boring." Like I already know my tractor tires flat and my bell peppers are crooked. So let me just work on this little edge right quick, but, but it's not work. That's the coolest thing about it. It's not work to me. Right. But all right, dude, we've been going 50 minutes and I feel like we have, we have made a comeback from the lost audio. Sure, Uh, man. I really appreciate you being on here with me again. Um, now in the next little part guys that, that you're going to hear, I've got the plugs for both sponsors in there, but I'm going to go ahead and give them an extra one right here. I want to thank Broadbeck Ironworks and Phoenix Abrasives a ton for coming on board with us and being part of the Hustle and Grind podcast. And you can find both of them online anywhere you Google things, and you can use the code HUSTLE10 at checkout for both places and get 10% off of anything that you order. And um, check me out on Instagram at JKBlades. And uh, even though he's not here, look at Bubba, Save It Outdoor Survival. And obviously, check out my homie, B Cone Knives at B. <laughs> Cone Knives, K O H N, not like an ice cream cone. K O H N, you got it. You got to spell that right. It's B K O H N Knives. Yep. You got to go do it. it check it out. Not like the ice cream cone, K O H N. Nope, not quite. So, yeah, check us all out. Give us a little thumbs up, like, subscribe, all that. Hey, check me out on TikTok, guys. I'm on there. Hey, me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're already TikTok famous. So I yeah, po- I posted really. three videos, dude. Yesterday I posted one, and I looked at it, and within an hour it had four views. So I'm like, damn, somebody's yeah. seen it already. Cool. And I looked at it 
shit, six or eight hours later, and it had like 13. So I was like, cool, somebody else saw it. Looked at it one yeah, hour man. after that, it had 500 and something. Yeah. I was like, yep, holy that's shit. That's the way it works. Lots of people saw it. <laughs> yeah. And all I did was just went to add something, and I scrolled through the videos that are already on my phone and just, you know, uh-huh. stuck something up there. But, uh, yeah, TikTok, it seems to be interesting. I haven't figured it out yet. There's yeah, a, it, a lot of buttons I haven't found. Me. Yeah, it's super hot and cold for me. So I had one video that went, you know, semi-viral where it went 100, 150,000 views. I had another one that went 50,000 views. And then after you've done that, it seems like, oh, shit, you know, at least one out of every 10 should kind of do that. But, yeah, I'm posting regularly. You know, pretty regularly, and everything's getting you know anywhere between a hundred and a thousand. And then you know, I'm I'm especially with knives. You're constantly playing the game of will this video get taken down or will this video get me banned? So it's 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 interesting, but there's a lot of people there. So I mean, the the you know the juice is worth the squeeze because especially in that semi-viral one, I I got damn near twenty five orders off. Dude, that's not semi-viral. Like, that's full-blown, you did it. Eh, that's badass. Things really blow up on TikTok. 150,000 isn't much. Well, hell, I think my highest one's like 550. Of course, I don't have but four well, on there. You know, I'm brand new to it. But I've got a lot of right. learning to do. I see a lot of videos on there. And it's just like the things they're doing with all these transitions and fades. And I can't even yeah. find a button to figure out how to start trying to learn that. <laughs> See, what I find is the people who want, because honestly, you know, you you can have a, a video get multi-million million views and then never have anybody that's interested in knives. Well, the people who are interested in knives are dudes like us. You just kind of want, you know, simple videos. Here, talk to the camera, explain what you're doing, maybe show something kind of flashy. But, like, honestly, just, just make a down-to-earth, you know, regular video and you'll get to the people that are actually interested in your shit. Dude, I run across a video I'm, yesterday. That's what I'm finding is successful. I, I came across the video while I was scrolling the death trap of TikTok. And uh-huh. uh, it, it caught my attention because, you know, I'm a, a Georgia boy, and, and this video caught my attention. It was a dude mm-hmm. cutting down a tree. Simple Please. as that. The tree was against a building, and... It looked like maybe the garage of someone's house, and it was pressed against it like it had grown there, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, he was cutting it down and trying to drop it at an angle to go between, you know, obviously to not fall on the house, but there was a little small shed there. You don't want to squish the shed. And it was, you know, he was cutting the tree down, making his notches, and then when it started to fall, it went into slow motion. And Mm -hmm. it missed that little shed by half an inch, it looked like. So I'm like, man, that was really cool. So I clicked on it. I'm like, man, I want to see another, like, I want to watch another tree fall down. I clicked on the the guy's name. Can't remember what it is, but that's the only video he had ever put up. He had 150,000 followers and over 4 million views on that one video. That's the only thing he had. 150,000 followers. I'm telling you, things like that, you can can hit. It's, it's total, like, you're trying to throw a bullseye in the dark. And if you hit it, it goes crazy. Or if you get close to it, it goes semi-crazy. Yeah. But it's a lot of throwing shit at a barn door and getting nowhere near. And then every once in a while, randomly, something will stick just right. 
Yeah, I, and I know, I, guess so. I know. As as you do it, you realize you know this does better. This doesn't do so good. You have to post it at this time. You have to tag or hashtag this, that, and the other. I mean, there's a game to play there. It's you can figure it out. It's just trying to figure out what what is going to work. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's interesting, and you know, it seems that if you hit it just right, you do get orders out of it. But yeah, yeah. That's what makes it worth it to me. I'm hoping for it. I haven't gotten any any inquiries yet. Of course, I've only gotten a handful of even likes. I think like 18 total. But, I mean, it's a bunch of views, and I'm brand spanking new. So, hey. Yeah, you're going. I mean, shit, I I probably posted 50 videos before I had one blow up. I mean, it's it's just a long game type thing. But anyways, (laughs) you're you're trying to end this so we can get to the uh, financial guy, let him talk. I'll, I'll go ahead and jump out of the way so you guys can get that going. All right, Brian. I appreciate you being on here with me. And, guys, this is the moment you, that you've all been waiting for. It is now time for the podcast. Like I said, it's going to sound like a new episode starting, but this is my homie, Brandon Veal, and we're going to go through some business talk. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 